Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. It's your host, your big dog, Asante, Mr. Pick Six Salmon. I'm with my co-host, my dog, Mr. Elton, EP The Truth Patterson. We in the building. So much been going on. What's up, big dog? What's happening? What's up? What's up, man? What's going on, man? So much been going on ever since the season was over, and it's a lot of talks back and forth, man. What's going on in your world? Man, you know, same old, same old, man. It's another day, another dollar. A lot been going on. The 49ers seem like they can't seem to get over this loss, and they going back and forth. The old lineman going off on people. He talking about, you know, uh, player didn't pick up his block. The reason why they lost and things like that. And uh, Jalen Carter going off. You got, uh, what is that, uh, Fletcher Cox from the Philadelphia Eagles going off on Debo Samuels talking about, man, I've been waiting to get out this off my chest for the longest, man. And it's just been crazy since the Super Bowl. It seems like the season ready to start all over again. People getting crunk, man. It's wild out there in these streets right now, man. <laughs> Crazy. Talking trash to each other and all, brother, like just going yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but first, I want to jump into it, man. You know, uh, you've been here, brother. I was going off and telling my stories, I would say, about mm-hmm. the Patriots and Donovan. I'm not the Patriots. I'm sorry. I've been going off and telling my stories about the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, my experiences and things like that. <clears throat> I know the negative things travel much further than the, the truth and uh, and the positive things when you want to talk up and big up your players and your teammates and stuff like that. So let's mm-hmm. make sure we out here, make sure this word gets spread around because my stories are my stories and I'm here to big up right. my players too and give my credit and my flowers. So I'm here to give Mr. Donovan McNabb, Mr. Donovan McNabb his flowers because right. I know comments most people perceive as negative will travel much further than someone giving him a player his flowers, which is Donovan McNabb. I got to give him his flowers. Sometimes I feel like I shouldn't tell my stories, but then again, I think to myself, would I be being myself? Would I be being mm-hmm. a Sante, Mr. Pick Six Samuel, Elton Patterson? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. You know what I mean? But let's I, make I, sure I, this I, is loud and clear. And everybody, make sure they spread this word. Donovan McNabb had an excellent career, a hell of a career. He was drafted in 1999, along with four other promising quarterbacks in the first round. And only the strong survive in the NFL. We know that. Y'all know that. Only the strong survive. And, of course, Donovan McNabb was one of those players, but only the strong survive. Tim Couch, Achilles Smith, Dante Culpepper, mm. Cade McNow were four, four, well, four of the other quarterbacks drafted alongside a Donovan McNabb in the first round. He broke through the NFL as one of the top dual threat quarterbacks when running quarterbacks wasn't so popular. So right. McNabb was him. He was doing his thing. He became the third African-American quarterback to start in a Super Bowl and the sixth brother to be drafted in the first round in the NFL draft. McNabb expired the culture. We all know that. Everybody looked at McNabb and was rooting for McNabb, and the things he was doing on the field made everybody uh, excited about him and the things he was doing. He was the first dual-threat quarterback. We love to right. see quarterbacks running the ball. We was athletic. Just a, a pocket passer, We, you know, that wasn't so exciting to us. So then when McNabb hit the scene, you know, it, it was good. It was, it was inspiring to us, you know, us right. young black kids. Now, as for greatness, I would say McNabb, he's threading the needle a little bit when it comes to greatness. He came short to a Super Bowl victory. However, making it to the Super Bowl isn't the easiest task to accomplish. McNabb, like I said, was drafted in 99. And his era, in his era, 
the quarterback play was elite. You had Peyton Manning, Dante Culpepper, Drew Brees, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, just to name a few. Right. So, you know, it was a lot of competition, a lot of competition to achieve greatness. You know, it was a lot of battle. But did Donovan McNabb achieve greatness? Mm, I don't know. That's a debate. I say that's for each individual to analyze and conclude. But obviously, I became an eagle ladder in McNabb's career, you know, way past his prime. You know, we only got mm -hmm. two years together, 2008 and 2009. So all the comments I made on stuff like that, he was way past his prime. I'm just telling y'all my story and things like that. That was my story and my truth, right? So I wanted mm -hmm. to put this in air and give it more context and understanding from, from how this whole thing started and, and caramelized and things like that. Now, yeah. as far as me being an eagle, only a few know the things I did behind the scenes to try and help my team, you know, which was the Philadelphia Eagles. Andy Reid days as a head coach for the Eagles, let's just say he passed a little more than usual as a head coach, officer coordinator. Now, mm -hmm. my philosophy, passing is more inconsistent than a physical balanced attack. And Andy and the staff, they had stats to show that passing was the way to win, basically. You know what? We would debate about it, and we'd have a talk about it, and they would show me stats and stuff, things like that, that passing was the way to win. It, it showed you, it showed that you were able to gain more yards and score more, score more than the opponent. All right. But that was something we always bumped heads about. I would yell at practice. And in the game, run the ball. Get a, get a ball to Sean McCoy. Shady Sean McCoy, one of the best running backs in the league at that time. You know, I was consistently uh, protesting for LaShawn McCoy to get the ball, right? And I could mm -hmm. see the frustration in Andy, Andy Reid's face and things like that when I would be yelling. Because, you know, he doesn't really like controversy and stuff like that, right? And LaShawn know, everybody know at the Eagles, they know that that, that, was, that was part of my uh, leadership. You know, that was me trying to help my team, right? Right. Now I see things have changed drastically for Andy Reid coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I said, in Philly, it wasn't so balanced. But now in Kansas City, it seems like this offense is a little more balanced than before when he was coaching the Eagles. I can't really put a, a finger on it. I've been doing my research trying to figure out the difference in the running game from now when he's at the Kansas City Chiefs and from when he was with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, I know we can debate and say that uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the one that's driving that ship and making that ship right. go smoothly and correctly and things like that. But I think it's more breakdown to it. And I'm trying to get down to the bottom to it and figure out what is really the difference, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, Andy Reid, you know, y'all tell, tell me your thoughts, brother. What what do you think I, is uh, the difference between Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Donovan McNabb when Andy was an eagle? And I ended with uh, the Chiefs and right. and the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're winning games and Super Bowls, and they couldn't do that. And we couldn't do that as a, as as the Eagles. What's the difference? Right now, I know some people may argue with me on this one, but when you look at Andy Reid, great coach, right? I know right. when when you left um, the Patriots and went over to the Eagles, you weren't necessarily thinking I'm about to go into a bad scenario or this team don't have it figured out. You was like, uh, this is a contender right here. They got the pieces in place, and Andy Reid's a great coach. My personal, my personal, now this is personal, right? My personal opinion is that he was a great coach then. I mean, I remember when we came up there and played the Eagles with T.O., and the first play is preseason, but the first play this dude took off for 80-yard touchdown. It, it looked amazing. Like, 
they was like one of the greatest shows on turf. Like he had it, right? He had all the pieces. I just think like any other thing, like the more you do something, the better you get over years. And I think Andy Reid has gotten to that epitome of level of coaching where he's comfortable. He's able to get his point across. He's able to motivate his players. His players love him. They're playing for him. And I just think he became a – he wasn't bad. He just became a better coach. Like, I, I But if you want to look at the football stuff, like you said, I think vicariously he's probably been running the ball a little bit more, understanding you can't pass the ball all the time. I think another thing, too, he's investing heavily on defense. Like, you, have you seen him this year in the offseason? One of his primary targets for the team is Chris Jones, a D-tackle. He's like, mm-hmm. man, we're going to do whatever it takes to get him signed. So I think Andy, if, if you ask me, this is my opinion, he was the offensive-minded guru when he was at the Eagles. He's more of a balanced coach now. And I remember, I think, when they won the AFC Championship game, they was like, how awesome is this offense playing everything? He's like, hey, hey, it's a three-point game now. It's mm-hmm. offense, it's my defense, and it's special teams. And I think that's his yeah. way of thinking now. You know, so I just think he's, know, just, he's elevated. You know, that's a good point you made um, because, you know, that was his first head coaching job, Philadelphia Eagles. And he, you know, he was the offensive guru. So he was right. prideful about that offense. And I, I'm sure it, it, every offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator want to make sure the statistics are on at the top of the league at the end of the year. And I'm sure, you know, those things was uh, it was on his mind and he concentrated on the offense more than the overall team as the head coach. Yeah, that's a good point. And now right. that he's at uh, Kansas City, he may be concentrating as uh, more of his overall head coach. And you're taking a step back from from thinking uh, so offensive-minded and thinking team structure and how to actually win the games. And that's what it looks like more. Looks like the team is playing a more balanced all-around team football. And the defense has always uh, – he, he he's done with uh, – dealt with Spags, uh, the defensive coordinator before he had – who mm-hmm. learned under uh, – mm-hmm. rest in peace uh, – the deep, a deep support. Yeah. Johnson. I forgot you. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson I, I from the Philadelphia Eagles. So, right. um, Spagnolia. Spagnolia is, runs the same defense. So, mm-hmm. um, I, it, it, something is different. Like I say, I'm going to keep doing my research. I'm going to put my hands on it. And it's, it's, it's something different going on in the rushing game. I can't quite establish the, the difference, right. the runs per carry, Pacheco, Lama, uh, Shady McCoy, and things like that. But there's a much more physical team and balanced attack than before. Patrick Mahomes is definitely the difference maker, but right. it's something more to it, and we're going to get down to the bottom of it. I'm going to figure it now, out. I, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you your personal, being that you played for Andy Reid and you was there. What do you think? Like guessing, if you had to guess, do you think it's something that he's doing directly, or you know, like, do you I don't see know. Uh, like I said, uh, um, I think he's doing something to 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 uh, to make the game more physical on offense. For sure, I don't know okay. if he's coaching different. Now he's always been a hard-nosed physical coach. When I before I got right. to Philadelphia Eagles, they practiced hard in the offseason. They was thudding up, hitting two times a day. So he always had that mentality and um, things like that. So he always had was been a physical and understood the physical game. But you know, it was veer away during the, the season and things like that when you want to when you start throwing a ball. But like right. uh, we got to call it apple apple. And obviously, Mahomes. Um, something about him, his leadership skills, the seriousness of how t- he takes every rep, every game, every practice, every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
his team follows behind him and, and, and he leads. He leads, they follow. Uh, when you have somebody with such that inspires your team and, and leads your team in such a way, hey, everybody is ready to follow and, and, and be led by that leader. Great leaders, man. Uh, 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 great leaders, good leaders will follow a great leader. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry about that. Good uh, leaders, good leaders will follow, mm -hmm. a, follow a great leader and become a follower. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. I so let me you. get that straight. You know what I mean? So what? like me, I'm let myself, me... I'm a leader myself, right. but you find somebody that can lead me better than, you know, what I know and stuff like that. I don't mind following. Yeah. I don't mind being a follower. That ain't going to do nothing but make me better and help me grow in life and things like that. So I don't mind yeah. taking the back seat and, and also following, you know? Yeah. Now, I will say this. I don't get it twisted. I think Andy Reid's a great coach, but I do think Patrick Mahomes is by far a generational talent. So any team that Patrick Mahomes get on, I think it's gonna he would he would have somewhat of a similar, I can't say three Super Bowls, but he would have somewhat of a similar career. And I'm not sure if Andy Reid would win these Super Bowls without Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I can't say he wouldn't. But yeah, that's, that's, the debate. that's hard to say. But um, did you see Patrick Mahomes in, in college? He's definitely had a lot of development to do. And um, we only can cool, uh, give that credit to my guy, Andy Reid. Andy Reid, right. you know, they're doing that thing over there. And LaShawn McCoy, he has a lot of insight on that stuff like stuff like that too, man. So I'm going right, to bring right. him on. But since you talked about it, bringing it up, you know, Tom Brady, this Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes whole debate. And man, it's just crazy because, you know, I can see how the GOAT, is all of a sudden he thrown in the public eye or the fans' point of view. You know, mm -hmm. with this generation, the goat of goats is Patrick Mahomes, and yes, rightfully so, to this generation. But however, however, greatness is not a popularity contest. Right. Greatness, greatness are facts that are separate that separate one player from many others. Public perception, who is the who is the goat and who would break these comparisons down, you know what I mean? That's right. That's how we got to get down to that. Public perception, right. who is the GOAT, right? Right. My opinion, damn near, this is my opinion on the GOAT status. This is my opinion, right? My opinion is it is damn near impossible for Patrick Mahomes to dethrone Tom Brady as the number one GOAT. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. It is damn near impossible for Patrick Mahomes to dethrone Tom Brady, Tom Brady's number one GOAT status, right? If you look right. at the body of work, not the accolades, because we all know accolades come from popularity and perception, and they're perception-driven. So we know mm -hmm. that Brady has seven Super Bowl victories, six with one organization, and one during a pandemic, defeating Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. How you going to beat that? Eight super right. victories, eight Super Bowl victories aren't enough in the aren't enough to for for Patrick Mahomes to say he dethroned uh, Tom Brady. Mm, I, I say see. he lead at least ten to dethrone Tom Brady. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right. Because if you like, I say you look at the body of work, body of work. You look at the games played, the Super Bowls. They actually had a, a game against each other. You know what right. I mean? But go ahead, brother. I think I think. Um, yeah, I got you. I got you. So I think um, when you look at it at the bigger scope with Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, I think it's, first of all, it's premature. I don't even know why people do it, but I understand it's popularity is what have you done for me lately. So you kind of tend to forget the significant impact that Tom 
Brady had on on life, football, Patriots, Boston, Massachusetts. He had a huge impact. So now it's easier to forget that. But you know what's funny, though? I'll tell you this. I saw a clip the other day, and it was 2003 when they were playing in the All-Star game with Michael Jordan and Kobe. Mm -hmm. And Kobe started talking trash to Jordan, but he was kind of paying him respect. He wasn't like talking trash. He was like, come on, man, you getting that foul? He was like, yeah, I'm getting that. Jordan's like, yeah, I'm getting that foul. Why are you getting that foul? He's like, because I got seven rings. You got you got some work to do. He's like, all right, all right, you got me. You right, you right. right. And that's similar to the conversation now. Like, yeah, Mahomes, you're doing good, but you got some work to do, bro. You got, you got some work to do. But that's what I said. That's what I'm saying. The generation, you know, all of a sudden, people that just started watching football uh, when, when Patrick Mahomes came in the league, everybody will scream and, and try to put this narrative out here that he's the GOAT. Start this whole debate, like you said, with the, the Kobe, I mean, Kobe Bryant, uh, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan, and things like that, trying to dethrone Mr. Mr. Joy. You know what I mean? So right. it's just crazy, right? And I think people get it twisted too. Remember, the debate isn't who is the best athlete, but who wills right. their team to victory the most. You know what I mean? We know Mahomes is the best athletic quarterback probably to ever play the game, but Tom Brady is the ultimate winner, and that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. And I think people get that confused and and try to forget because it's a new generation and they like they like who they like. But right. again, don't forget when it comes down to Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, and figured out a way to win during a pandemic. Y'all hear me? During a pandemic. That's all I needed to be. That's all I needed to see. Right? right. right. Those, those things that linger around in people's head and, and, and try to make Patrick Mahomes be so good. Man, you, you got to understand what Tom Brady did. That, that is crazy, right? You know, and I really wanted to express myself a long time ago about how good Tom Brady was. And it was all about Tom Brady and it had nothing to do with Bill Belichick. But I knew a right. long time ago that they would have crushed me. They oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have no went, you... went ham on it. But yeah. when he went to Tampa, I, I couldn't hold it back no more. I had to come out and say it. And, and everybody still crushed me for two years. I, I looked at crazy. I looked like the crazy man to everyone for two years. I took all the all the bashing, berating, belittling, everything you can possibly do to find out, right. guess what? I'm telling the truth. And I always right. telling the truth. So, you know, you know, y'all got to right. learn to listen to somebody that been been there, done that, don't have no ill will. I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just speaking my story, my journey, and letting y'all know how it was and things like that. So y'all would have seen these things, you know what I mean? And, right. you know, right. that's what it is. That's what and, it is. You mm -hmm. know what's crazy, too, though, is I can see... Um, why you would say that Mahomes would probably need to win 10 Super Bowls because if Mahomes could probably go to say a Detroit later on in his career, say eight years from now, and go win, it's like wow, he like that's a different level. To, you gotta understand, I think Tampa Bay had only won like five games the year before Tom Brady went there. Nobody knew why he went there. Like, why would he go to Tampa Bay? Caught everybody off guard, but he went there because he said, I got this. Pro Bowl receiver. I got another Pro Bowl receiver. I can make something happen down there. So he saw something beforehand to where he can go in and do it. So matching won't do it. I'm going to keep it real with you. It ain't even about agreeing. It's like keeping it real. Matching won't do it. He has to surpass Tom Brady to get that GOAT status, man. You can't just take yeah, the GOAT. That's what I say. People saying, and people even saying eight, 
You got to win eight Super Bowls because Tom Brady won seven. No, that's not enough, man. A <laughs> pandemic. You go to a whole new team, whole new other organization that you're not even familiar with. None of the players or anything. And if y'all wasn't out here trying to get it how you live during the pandemic, I was. Everything was closed. I was jumping yeah. gates. I was I was getting kicked off fields. And Tom Brady was doing the same thing because he, he understands and he knows as a leader what it takes to will his team to victory. And Tom Brady did that. And Belichick had every chance to prove me wrong after that. And, you know, prove me wrong or right. And he proved me right. He couldn't win. And in the discussion, nobody picked him up. Nobody hired him. So, you know, it is what it is. What have I you done for me lately? He's not hired. You know what I mean? I still can't believe Belichick's not hired. Like, I, like, I would have lost some money. it's been exposed. It's being exposed. <laughs> the truth is the truth. Hey, man, listen, with social media, is nothing being hid no more. You can't have your secrets and try to treat people the way you want to be treated and, and think you're going to get away with it. You know what I mean? That, that, yeah. You know, them, th them days is over. We'll touch back into that. We're going to touch back into that. We're going to get back into that when we talk about the dynasty. The dynasty. <laughs> but let's get okay. into the this Chiefs parade, man. Y'all understand Thanks. this world is so crazy. We can't go anywhere no more. We can't even go to a freaking parade and be safe. If y'all right. seen, y'all have heard what's going down, there was a, a shooting going down at the Chiefs parade. Everybody's out there celebrating, have a good time. How do you find a way to cause drunk? Got to be some young knuckleheads and things like that. And it's just crazy. I just want to emphasize, man, the safety in life and the importance to 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 watch your surroundings. You know, right. and, and what what's the new term out there? New term is stay dangerous, not stay safe. You got to stay dangerous out here, which means right. to stay safe and and watch your surroundings and be aware. And you know, I was proud to see those good Samaritans tackle, you know, the individual. I don't know if it was a beef or anything, but. It was just crazy to say and see that it's like we can't go anywhere. And me, I'm right. paranoid. I'm a paranoid guy. So being around that crowd of people and all those people rubbing up in close close to you and in, in, in close vicinity, that's already too much paranoia for me, man. That's right. I don't even understand. I never even been to the para, uh, to the parade before. I missed the hold parade. On, hold on. You and, never uh, went to the New England Patriots parade when y'all won the Super Bowl? Nah, nah, nah. I never been to the parade. My 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 bags are packed the first playoff game. If we lose, I'm on the first thing smoking the next day. I saw all the parades from the house, brother. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know what? It's just a stat I never thought about that you never went, even when y'all won the Super Bowl. You never did you go to the White House? No. Nope. Never been to the White House. Never been to the White House. If Barack was there, oh, okay. I probably wouldn't win. I ain't know. Wow. Yeah, that's made. crazy. That's crazy. But my bad. I don't want to. I don't want to deflect from because it was a serious scenario with the kid, with people getting hurt and injured and um, yeah. shot and all that stuff. And like you said, it's just a. It's, it's almost like you got to take your gun everywhere. I'm personally, I personally don't like big crowds because it's for that reason. It's hard to watch your back everywhere when you just shoulder to shoulder. In a perfect world, you would want to just have fun and, and go to a parade and celebrate, but it's a dangerous world out here, man. You got to watch your back everywhere. And you don't know where bullets coming from. Where do you run? You know? So I just feel bad for those people that, that was in there. It put a big dark cloud over the whole thing, man. Right. Right. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out and to, you know, rest in peace to all the victims. And, you know, the, uh, I see, a I see the DJ, uh, Lisa Lopez on social media a lot. Everybody loves her in Kansas City. So we give a shout out and rest in peace and love and condolence to her family. It's just an unfortunate situation, man. Uh, right. Figure out, we got to figure out a way to get everything under control. And it was all, there was some good Samaritans out there to help that situation out. So that was good. That was good. That right. was good. Right. So the, uh, 
So tomorrow, the 16th, the big Patriots documentary, the dynasty finally comes out. Okay. And things are starting to heat up. If y'all haven't seen already, they're putting out little teasers. And the first teaser out there that says what it says, it says, Tom Brady wasn't going to sign back to whatever was going on. They had fun for 20 years, but I wasn't signing back the way basically Belichick was acting. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be some fun. And now we got, uh, we got, didn't you see T- T- uh, Teddy Bruschi? You know, he's coming up. He's trying to still protect Belichick in his, the Patriot way. He's, he was the ultimate con- company man. He continues company to guy. try to defend Belichick and say the first six years was Belichick, this and that. And, and then in the, the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders, he didn't understand that Oakland Raiders never had 300-yard passing, passing a, a quarterback against them until Tom Brady, until they met Tom Brady. But what do you think about, what do you think going to be exposed in this the Patriots dynasty documentary that's coming out because you know, when I watch it, it's going to be explosive and everything that's not being told. I'm glad to see they touching on some points <laughs> that I, we're going to have to touch on in Monday because listen, right. like I say, I Brady, Hey, I'm glad to see you finally stepping up and saying something because right. everything ain't right. peaches and cream all the damn time. Tom Brady. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. Right. Hey, do you think you're going to get some TV time on there? Like some, some kind of maybe footage I, of you running by or, I might get a little TV time, but, you know, I missed the call. They were trying to come interview me and sit down, but uh, I, I got the last yeah, call. It was like the last day they was down here. They wanted uh, me to fly to New York and things like that. Sante. But don't Sante. worry. Sante. That's why we got to say what needs to be said. Yeah. We're going to have our own yeah. documentary over here, baby. You're going to hear the, Brother. the truth. Every part, every every situation to see if they telling the truth or not, because I'm going to let y'all know. You know what I mean? Brother, so. Brother maybe, maybe I should have been your agent. I should have, like, been your agent. Because listen, you don't miss the White House. <laughs> you don't miss important <laughs> dynasty interviews. You miss a lot of major. Stuff Maybe you should have had a morals talk with me. Uh, talk about the importance of life and things to <laughs> things you should do and see and things like that. Like, but me going to the White House, it, it just made no sense. Like, what is what is at the White House for me? I got to get to the crib. I got to get to the hood and, and go sit at the car wash. I got to go do nothing. <laughs> All right. I got you. I got you. But back to the point. I do think um I think I think the media is gonna portray to protect Belichick. I'm not sorry. Let me let me whoa back up. Not Belichick. Whoa, whoa. Brady. Let me tell whoa. you why. First of all, they're gonna protect Brady and get a point of view from Brady's perspective. And one of the main reasons is because Brady has a $300 million contract to be on TV. So you got to listen what this guy is saying in his perspective. And he's been quiet about it for so long. I'm I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm going to sit there and pop some popcorn and see what was going on. I know you've been spilling the beans about how it ain't what you think and this, this. But to see Brady's perspective and how things worked behind the scene, because that was a huge dynasty, like, for years, like, Patriots way, the Patriots way. So to get behind the scenes on that, I'm I'm interested to see. But I think they're going to protect Brady, and they you're going to get a different point of view. A lot of people are going to be surprised, and they're going to say that's why Belichick isn't coaching right now. It's going to be that kind of response. You're going to see. They're going to see. I wonder if everybody going to think about me, all the negative things people try to put on on my Twitter page and things like that. Crazy widows, right. widows. <laughs> they be coming for you out there, boy. Don't you talk yeah. about the Patriots way. <laughs> talk about the Patriots way. Now, that we spoke on this before. We spoke on family members speaking out about athletes, their contract status, and them playing for a certain team. Now we have Brandon Ayuk 
And his his girlfriend basically came out and said, she don't know if this will be, she thinks this will be her last time stepping in the Levi Stadium. We know he has a contract-ish uh, situation. I think got like one year left on his contract. And he thinks he wants to, and he wants his desires to get a contract extension and, and be remain in San Francisco. Now, mm-hmm. you know, he was he, he he expressed on his Instagram, remember how you got there. Basically meaning, remember how you got to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Who was who was leading the team in receivers? Who was top five in receiving? But in the playoffs, he was only averaging about three yard, three catches per game. Right. You know, and not for me. I don't I don't blame receivers when they don't get the ball because they don't they're not in control of who gets the ball. They only can get open and try to run the routes the best they can do. So I don't know the whole thing. Sometimes, you know, they get caught up and you bash receivers for not having catches. I'm not that 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 person. I think that's you know, if the, if it's meant for you and the ball is meant for you and they're not throwing it to you, then you know it's a different situation. Are they throwing it to you right. and you can't make the play? And that's a different situation. But for me, right. the question is. With Brandon Ayuk coming up on his last year's deal, and I also I think uh, Debo Samuel's is somewhere in there. Either way, I don't think both of them would be able to be there at the same right. time for too long. What do you do in that scenario? You got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel's. Do you keep both? I mean, I don't know if you keep both. So who do you who do you keep and who do you roll with? I think I think as a GM, you got to look at outside factors. Like age, right? Um, potential. Who has the most potential? And the, the, the subconsciously, I'm looking at the whole thing with Brandon IU. I do think he was. Uh, he's a, first of all. Let's say this. He's a great athlete, phenomenal athlete. I think um, he he did carry the team at some points throughout his career. But I'm not sure if the team looked at him as the guy. I think they looked at him as a very important role guy. But sometimes either you outgrow a scenario. Or it's a little bit of ego when the when when you got the family member or the girlfriend start talking, I start feeling like it's a little bit of ego because yeah. honestly, Zunt, both of them can stay. But if your energy is saying I'm the man, y'all need to throw me the ball, it makes things a lot harder. You feel what I'm saying? To yeah. get that yeah. and run it back again, man. So but I think as far as football wise, they probably gonna look at potential, who they think can run this team the they best. both can't stay now they both can't stay right they both because it does just be too much money in that position so but what I'm, what what what's your what's the what's the what how do you conclude that what if they both can't stay what do you do what's your what's your what's your thing i would go ah uh, i would i would if i need a receiver in this primary position i probably would go with brandon iu um i believe he's a little younger um, Debo is like a mixed guy. He's gonna give you a bunch of different things, right? But I would, I probably would need me give Brandon that confidence that you're our guy. So I probably would go with Brandon. IU. Yeah, that was I was I was thinking too. I would probably uh, give Brandon IU the contract extension, and then right. think, uh, you know, our last days with Debo Samuel is uh, done. Be- right. I mean, because uh, you know, like you said, you gotta look at the upside, the age, and things like that. Debo, he's you know he's he he gets hurt more more than the usual receiver because he plays mm-hmm. such a physical game, and you have to understand that too. How much longer can Debo be uh, that physical wide receiver? And you have to p- put those things all into place. So my my money will go all on Brandon and invest in him in the future and surround everything right. around him. But um yeah, 
We'll see how it goes. We're going to see how it goes. Right. It's, it's getting crazy in San Fran, man. They, they, they're panicking. <laughs> they're getting frustrated. They don't they don't know how to figure out the, how to win. They're firing right. the defensive coordinator because of blitzing and all kind of things. And it's, it's, and it's, so it's always going to be a scapegoat. Understand, in every situation, there's always going to be a scapegoat. And it usually comes from the most powerful person on the team, because which is the head coach, and he don't want to take the blame. He want to keep right. job, security, safe as all, at all times. So, you right. know, it's a lot going on. Hey. We're going to watch out with even San Francisco. What you got? What you I was thinking, say? too, one more thing about Debo is I think he's a great talent, but I think it's a different talent. And you hit on him a little bit, but I, I didn't look at Debo Samuels as the kind of like the Randy Moss kind of talent where he's just coming in and blowing the top off of de um, defenses. I think he willed in um, hard player type talent that got the job done, very passionate. So they might look at that. Like, is it just a natural talent? Or is he's willing his way and he's getting injured along the way because he's so tough and runs so hard and he can get us that first down. But sometimes you just want the natural talent. So it depends on what you what your team needs and the way they firing people over there for anything. They probably going to go with the natural talent. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't understand the move of, fi of firing the D coordinator that got you to the Super Bowl. You just Try to run just it back. Think. This day four, this is like their fourth uh defensive coordinator in like four years. They when you know they they can't get over that hump, they can't win the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan is like, it's y'all fault, it's not my fault. I did everything right. Defense didn't do what needed to be done. So Dang. I'm firing you motherfuckers, goddammit. You out of here. <laughs> it's crazy, uh, man. Dang, it's tough, tough business, bro. Sheesh. Sheesh. Hey, but on to some funny stuff, right? All right, what you got? You know. How much does Americans experience stomach problems or stomach issues? What's what's the best way to say? It? <laughs> <laughs> ailments, it stomach, stomach problems, ail or stomach issues, stomach stomach ail ailments. I like about that. Like <laughs> stomach ailments. Stuff. I want to say really... stomach problems. Right. <laughs> so we have, but uh, you know, you know, uh, stomach. I think that's a, no a normal thing in America. We we experience stomach problems. A lot of us have stomach problems, right? So what you going through over there, experiencing brother? stomach problems at some, we all have experienced stomach problems at some point in our life. You know, it might have been in our teenage years. It might be currently, or it might be when we get older. It, right. it happened to us somewhere, right? Me, right. I lived pretty much my entire life from a kid to my, I guess my mid thirties with stomach issues, stomach problems, right? But everyone's <laughs> symptoms are different, but I will eat and my stomach would never sell my stomach would never settle. It's always bu bubbling. Not really. I'm not. Didn't really have to use the restroom or anything immediately. It was just aggravating pain. I wake up in the morning, and my stomach is bubbling, and it would just continue to bubble until I learned how to eat correctly and consume the correct amount of amount of water. Man, I would pass through like two times every morning before 8 a.m. in the morning. It was like what was going on. It was crazy. And whatever happens at the rest of the day, that's whatever happens. But I probably went two more times. At least, <laughs> at least two times every morning before 8 o'clock, probably before 7 o'clock. Then I did my tests and labs and all that with the doctor and things like that. And I found out what was the problem. And then I, you know, I started learning how to treat myself right and fix my issues. And now I'm on a pretty cool diet. I don't have these bubbling issues and things like that. But EP, right. EP right. stomach story. Let me, his stomach story was a little different, right? And we yeah. both got stomach story. We we spent a lot of time together, right? 
Right. Like, EP Stomach's story is right after he ate, there's a hurricane that's brewing and it's about to, about to <laughs> pop off immediately. And he need to stop or get to a restroom, right? Red, and, red alert. And I think, it, red I think alert. it had to do with, he always felt like he needed a strong ass Coke in the morning. And one day we figured out the problem. We had we was out to breakfast at Kiki's one day, eating eating Orlando, Florida. And go ahead, brother. What happened? Tell us about right. your stomach well, issues. I well, said let me mine. Back, let me let me back up a little bit. Let me let me catch the people up because I think this is good information. People want to know about life sometimes. You don't have to just talk about sports. So he, here we go. Give you a little bit of history about mine. Is I grew up in a household my whole entire life, all the way till I went to college, where my mom cooked. Every day, home-cooked meals, home-cooked meals. Never had no problems. Go to college, and all of a sudden, I'm having some red alerts. My teammate, shout out my teammate, and my roommate, uh, Steve Edwards at the, at the time. We was eating at a place called CBI, right? <laughs> and you would think they got unlimited, they got buffets, pancakes. You go with all this stuff, right? But by the time you took that last bite, we literally running through the path to get home. Like, hey, red alert, it's brewing. It gotta go, gotta go, right? So I was trying to figure out, like, why is this? Why is this? So I convinced myself after about two or three years in college, right? You know what? I need a strong Coke in the mornings, right? So we at Kiki's. Fast forward. Now we at Kiki's. This is and like, this is for years he's been doing this. This is from college, like I said, to uh, the 30s, your 30s, like, look, uh, Mid to uh, right. early 30s. Right. Mid 30s. So it's like I 10 like, years straight. He feel like every morning he need a strong ass Coke to settle his stomach. To settle the Go stomach. Till one day we were at Kiki's and I was like, let me get the French toast side of eggs. I'm just ordering Vic. I can't, you know, I didn't realize I can't eat big breakfasts, right? So I'm like, let me get all this stuff. And, some, and I was like, let me get a strong Coke. And then they was like, yes, yes ma'am. She bought one about this big to the table. And so I'm like, why are you drinking Coke in the morning? That sounds hard. Well, I think he first, I think he first used like when you ordered that Coke, he was like, Yeah, right after we eat something, we're gonna have to make a stop because I'm gonna have to pull over him. I'm like, bro, why are you doing this? Do you understand you're doing this to yourself? Like, what are you doing? Well, go ahead. So either way, uh, I listen. I'm like, you know what? He's like, just try to drink water or something, right? So I found out there's two culprits with me. I don't know if everybody got this problem. I'm trying to help y'all out. I can't do sugar in the morning. I, I'm I'm jealous. I can't do pancakes. I can't do French toast. I can't do big breakfast. I know they say that's the most important meal. I can't do it. If I do do it, I definitely can't overload on Cokes and stuff because that was what was triggering me. And the people don't know that I was getting all this artificial sugar in my system, which I told you I didn't even eat like that growing up. So it took me almost 10 years to realize, bro, you can't eat that kind of stuff G in the morning. Give us your, give us your craziest uh, uh, restroom experience where you didn't make it, almost made it, uh, 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 well, it went bad. It went bad. When did it? Uh... When was it? I'm, I'm trying to. I know you had a lot story. of situations. You had I a lot of situations. Oh, uh, bro! Uh, all I know is, uh, I think it had to be CBI. That CBI was deadly. I know we got some UCF guys that may be listening. They understand the fights of CBI. I'm sitting there talking, and somebody said a joke, and I went to laugh, and I got up, left my plate, left my tray, <laughs> everything, and I'm running through the through the through the path. Let me tell you. 
So that that's probably my worst, almost worst, worst story. Man, you ain't that ain't nothing, man. You got all kind. You probably done shitted on yourself. You probably done let somebody in the car. You I, probably done missed the toilet before. <laughs> yeah, he gonna open up, man. I don't know what's. So I don't know. He he don't want to tell y'all. He'll tell y'all sooner or later. But let, uh, let my, my, I think my worst one was we we was roommates. I'm um I don't know if I just ate at the CVR, ate at the CVR, or I was Lee already leaving. But I'm at the light. Right in front of UCF campus. I'm heading home. And boom, it hit my stomach. I get hit out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, man, it's not just the bubbling, aggravating pain like I was describing earlier. This is like trying to push down through the, it's trying to pass through stools. It's trying to come all the way out. So, boom, I'm waiting for that light. I'm like, I'm I'm leaning up. I can't even drive straight. I'm like, boom, go, (laughs) boom. I hit the light. I mean, I'm, I'm doing like, I don't know, 60. 70 and then 40, but it's, it's about five minutes. So I don't got far. To, I don't really got far to go. So boom, I turn into the house. He's sleeping something at the house because he don't got school. And I'm just coming from wherever I'm coming from. So as I run upstairs, I grab my book bag out the car. I run upstairs. I hit the corner. I open the door. And I swear I'm not lying. All in one motion. It was like I threw off my book bag, took off my clothes, <laughs> dropped my pants, and landed on the toilet. And all you seen was EP get up out the covers looking at me like, what's up with you, bro? Like, you hot? What is going on? And what boy, just, I, let me tell you, let me tell you, it was this close from missing the toilet as I took my pants <laughs> off. It was that close. I just made it, man. I don't know what was going on, but that CVI food, boy, <laughs> hey. You know, that was a that was a different type of world we were living in over there. You gotta get it how you live, boy. <laughs> hey, don't get it twisted. A lot of people are jealous. They they, they call it fast high metabolism. A lot of people are jealous because they can't go like that. So but I don't think that's don't. what I'm saying. I, I've realized it wasn't it wasn't a good thing for me. It was actually something that was bad. Everything was off. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been going that often in that liquidy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> For years, right? <laughs> like, you know what I, mean? what I had, to, we had to get myself together. It's a certain way your bowels and your, your, your stool should look. You know what I mean? And you can't be shitting everything out. You got to consume some of that stuff for your bones and your nutrients and things like that. Bro, but, I don't even know I, if you realize to this day, when we go out, I be needed to know the plan. Like, hey, where we going? Are we finna go eat? I rarely go eat before I go anything. So we go out to eat and we're gonna be out for like four or five hours. I probably get it to go. Or I'm just gonna eat a little side salad. Like I'm not finna heavy eat. <laughs> I just know my body. I'm not gonna heavy eat before we go anywhere. I can't enjoy dinner parties and stuff. Now you say, hey, mm-hmm. eat. we finna go by this restaurant, then we're gonna go to the crib. Now I probably go ahead and eat. You know what I'm saying? But I have I have had to turn that whole thing around, brother. It's just, it is what it is. I, I'm not even mad at myself no more. Mm-hmm. People All looking right. at me like, why are you ordering out to eat every time and we sit here eating? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, now, man, y'all go. I need y'all to feel me on this one. Men, men, let me tell you, we're going to talk about women's hair. And women's hair is a problem in our life because it pops up everywhere. All the goddamn time, no matter what we're going on. You know, it just pops up everywhere, right? Okay. No matter what you're doing, how much you clean up, that shit's still going to be around. You could be born in the goddamn flight, born in a flight, <laughs> on the plane, first class, open up your book bag, and you might see goddamn strings of hair. 
They be at the most inconvenient time. You discover strings have had the most inconvenient time at, in, in life from your woman. And I'm bringing this up because I went through a situation last night, right? And the situation was for me, right? I'm, like I said, I know if y'all, if we deal with women, you're used to dealing with women's strings of hair all the time. You could be taking a bath and pull it out, bathing, and you see it in your private parts. You be washing your hair, you're pulling out strings of woman hair. If it's colorful, it's going to show right up. So I know y'all feel me, y'all y'all feel me on this. So last night, I'm getting in the bed, I get out of the shower, you know, I'm walking towards the bed, and um, I see this, well, let me start over. So I'm walking towards the bed, and as I get toward the bed, <laughs> between the pillow sheets, there are two pillows on both sides, I see this hairy thing looking at me. It looks like it's looking at me. As I put my hand in the bed, I, I, I make eye contact with it. And I jump back, like, whoa! <laughs> and I'm sitting there analyzing the situation, and it didn't move. So I'm like, what the heck is this? So as I'm not scared anymore because the thing didn't move, I feel like it's a rat. So I'm I'm terrified, but it's <laughs> rat, not moving. <laughs> I, it looks like it's a rat, and it looks like it's looking at me. It's hairy, and it's in between the pillow sheets, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so now I build the balls up to to grab it because it didn't move. So I grab it and, and picked it up real quick. And it's goddamn weave, women's weave or some <laughs> shit. Like goddamn, goddamn y'all women's weave, but y'all gonna y'all gonna over oh, take us out about this goddamn hair. It has everywhere, all the time, everywhere. Nothing but hair, 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 hair. You can't clean it up. You can't do nothing to get rid of the hair. And then men, y'all know if y'all ever. Back in your days, got caught cheating and doing some crazy stuff in your house and tried to clean the hair, you couldn't do it. Hair is right. everywhere. If women hair is a problem. You know what I mean? Right. And we, 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 I think we need to start a protest about this, about this women hair and what you're going to do to stop this from popping up everywhere because we sick of it. We don't need this hair popping up on it. Last night was out of control and almost <laughs> took me out. I thought it was a rat and it turns out it's some weed sitting in the bed. That's not right. You know, <laughs> but it was crazy that I grew up with three sisters, so uh, I'm kind of was growing up used to random hair everywhere. It just wasn't a big of a deal. But what's so fascinating about it is that it sh just shows up. The other day, I'm walking in the bathroom, and it's this long piece of curly hair. Nobody at my house has curly hair, and I'm seeing like, I wonder where did this come from, like. And I was like, let me pick it up and throw it away. But I don't have a clue where it came from. So I just know it's just nobody has that type of hair. So it could come from anywhere, though. I, I feel what about college? You didn't deal with hair in college? We want to hear something. We want to we 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 hear you. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> and he has situations, brother. I don't know. 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 I remember eating one time, and I don't know. I just had to happen to you. And I'm like, pull a piece of hair and it's coming out of my food. Like, oh, that's a bad feeling. You never did that before? Where a long piece of hair was in your food and you pull nah, it out? Nah, nah. It's bad. Yeah. I did I, I'm, I'm sure I did. What, what is that called? What is that called when you're scared you have a, you have a, you're scared that food will get in your hair? It's a, what's the word? Uh, I don't know. 
It's, it's, it's a special word for it. I can't think of it. But you're always afraid that you're going to get hair in your food. That that ain't me. That ain't me, though. I, I'm not really scared. It's nasty. I don't want right. to deal with it. But I'm not, like, super anxious that something's going to happen. You know what I mean? You know what right, I mean? right, 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 yeah. I don't but, have yeah. no crazy hair experiences, though, that I can think of. Now, I may think of one later. But it, well, I don't it don't have, have to be crazy. Right what did it have, have pop up? The hair had to pop up somewhere, somewhere. Never in your life you never see hair pop up. Yeah, of course. I just don't. <laughs> well, we say, tell us. Well, uh, tell us a situation where you might have been in a house. You might have had a company over. Not the family situation. You want to hear something juicy. Right, right, People right. want to understand what they said. <laughs> some pop up. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I don't have what. I don't know. Like, well, put it like this. You always know that hair gets left behind anywhere. So if you ever have company and a female say over in college or something. It's gonna, and then you know, as college dudes, we're not the cleaners. Even though we had cleaners come through once a week at CBI, that stuff is gonna be around. It's just gonna get in your bathroom corners, right, living room, on the couch. It's always there. It's never. Well, how do there. you know if you ain't going through it? Tell us where it went. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when you had to clean I, it up, <laughs> I know you want a story. I don't have a specific one. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I've seen it though. I don't have a specific one that I can pinpoint this what happened, but I know it has happened. Random hair. You pick up random hair all the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have a specific So did you one. ever have more than one girlfriend at one time? One girlfriend at one time. Well, I never really more, had more like than a, one girlfriend at one time. Or did you well, date never, multiple girls at one time? Yeah, this, this I, I never my I was so focused you already know this i was so focused on my career i never committed to anyone so i talked to a few girls in dating you say dating where i dated girls but i never was like hey mom here go my girlfriend yada yada or we stay together or none of that so stuff. did you ever like, have to deal with hiding one girlfriend making sure one person i'm talking to never uh know the other person i'm talking to in general like two girls Keep two girls separate. Or did everyone always know that you was talking to uh, multiple women? Well, the one I was talking to in college stayed on the west side. So anything I was talking to on UCF east side, I ain't have to worry about that a whole lot. So but, that's what I mean. So you got. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, man. Y'all feel me? Y'all understand? Y'all talk to me. Uh, help EP out. Help me out with this. So you're talking to one girl on the west side, and you got a girlfriend at UCF. If they both come to the house at separate times, they're gonna leave hair there. And what do you do to not get caught? That's the question, man. What do you do to get caught? Because no matter how much you clean up, no matter what no you matter do, how much you clean up, it's gonna always be some hair lingering around. And if that I woman got, a got some colorful hair, you gonna pop. I, I, you know what's the crazy thing I learned about women? That string of hair, no matter where it's at, how it looks, how thin it is, the woman whose hair it don't belong to, they know exactly. That is not their hair. They know. They can look at that little piece of string of hair and say, (laughs) who hair is this? It's not my hair. And you looking at it like, what you mean? (laughs) Who else hair is it? (laughs) What are you talking about? I got a question for you. And this Uh this should probably help us. Somebody can help us out. Do you think women leave hair behind on purpose? Like they know they can get rid of it. They went in there, combed their hair. And if you a single guy or y'all don't stay together, whatever the case may be, 
they left some hair somewhere on purpose. Do you think that happened? I think I, I, they might go in there and comb their hair and make sure the little residues from hair is left over. But I don't think they're doing that intentionally. They got much worse things they could do intentionally. If they come in for, from a flight and they got a suitcase and something like that, they can leave a name tag. They can uh-huh. they can leave uh, a, a, a tampon. They got all type of tricks and things they can do. So I don't know. The best thing to do is just to be faithful, brothers. Hey, all that stuff outside, <laughs> going out there, you know, and get yourself caught up. Hey, man, just be faithful, brother. Right. You know, y'all, we, y'all could change that narrative out there. We can do it. Right. We can do it. But hey, college is but college. But when you grow up, just don't even bring nobody to your house, brother. That's the. But listen, that hair is going to pop up. I'm telling you, it's, it, I, I just thought about that. And I, I don't know. I don't know how we can stop women from doing this to us. And yeah. We got to live really the hairy bothered. life. It must have really bothered you. You must have really screamed. Rat, rat. Bro, <laughs> I had a whole talk with her about this morning. I'm not like, like, how does, like, what is this stuff? It's just, it's just anywhere. It's, it's, it looked like a rat. It looked like a rat. And I'm like, what is this? It's, 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 it literally, like, didn't belong. I was like, it's crazy. I wonder how many <laughs> men deal with that, that stuff like me, you know. And I know it's a few of us out there. I know it's a few right. of us out there. But I got to touch on another, uh, I want to touch on another crazy situation. Um, right? Another crazy situation. If y'all haven't seen the body cam footage of the police officer unloading his gun, unloading bullets into innocent, uh, innocent victims, everybody was unarmed. Nobody had a gun. And um, he just unloading his gun. And guess what? Guess what his reason was for? His reason was, well, he had a good reason, but the actual, actual thing that actually happened, he said he was hit, but nobody had a gun. Mm. He said he felt the pressure from the bullet being hit. But again, nobody had a gun. An acorn fell out of, out of the tree and hit the top of the police cruiser and made a sign. He had a panic, pulled out his, his, his gun, his police revolver, and starts busting. Pa, 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 pa. And yells, I got hit. And he's not even hit. Now, if this isn't the craziest thing I've seen in my life, it's crazy. They just released this. I think this happened in, in uh, November of 2023 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. has since resigned. But what kind of police training are we going through or uh, make sure with all this is allegedly or what do you think he was on or, or dealing with to have that type of experience of paranoia? Of, of and Let me give you more context to the situation. There was a young man riding around blowing his horn, a uh, little loud, obnoxious and stuff like that. Nothing causing no trouble, never causing no trouble. Someone said he had a silencer that goes to a gun and things like that. Didn't cause mm-hmm. no trouble. They, they they put him in cuffs. They detained him. As he's detained, this acorn falls out the tree, hits the top of the police cruiser, and he goes bananas. He loses his mind. He says he's been hit. He feels the pressure. Now, if this isn't the most bizarre, craziest situation, it just tells you this, the life we live in and how dangerous things can turn on you. You could be innocent, minding your business, and then boom, you're caught up in a situation and 
the guy was in the back. I think he got like hit one time, allegedly like that, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he was in the back of the car. He say he hears the glass just falling on the ground as he's in the car. He just, he's down on the side and just praying. That's all he could do. He wasn't thinking about getting hit. He blacked out. All he could think about was God at that moment. And those mm -hmm. are the things we have to do, go through in life. And I think that is just crazy to, to have to deal with. And again, these police, police officers become police officers because of power. They want to abuse power. They used to get bullied their whole life. And now they feel like they have some power and, and can and tell people what to do. And that's, you know, have you seen that uh, footage, brother? Have you seen that footage? I, I I vaguely heard about it. I didn't see the footage, but I I when I when I when I thought about it, you know, I was like, it sounds like the same case of um, police officers. Some of them times they be, be too aggressive, but sometimes the right police officer is not the right one because they're too scared. Like you can't be unraveled and that scared to where acorn you thought it was gunfire. Like you kind of got to be composed a little bit to be um, a police officer. And it reminds me of a story a few years back. Unfortunately, um, they was trying to arrest this young black dude and the female officer, I, forgive me if I forgot the name, but she started shooting and she was scared for her life. And it was like the dude didn't have a gun, I don't think. So if it's like a situation to where when you're too scared, you make irrational decisions and that's just as bad as being too uh, too aggressive of an officer, you get what I'm saying. So that's what it, that's what it reminds me of. Like you shouldn't be too scared to be, you know. Like that's that's sad, man. You know. Yeah, man. It was just weird. It's just weird. This is people they can have so much authority, and I don't know what type of training, what type of background check, mental evaluations they're having. But for someone to to fall out. And, and and act like it, it was under attack because an acorn fell and hit the top of a tree. And if y'all haven't seen the footage, I, I, I'm asking you to go check it out. And you need to go check it out because this was the most obnoxious situation. And for the young man to anybody to be dealing with something like that, that that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Like I say, he went under the car, down sideways, letting it go. Boom, 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 boom. Stops. Let it go again. Boom, boom, boom. I've been hit. I, I hit. I feel the pressure. And it was just wild, man. I think uh, something has to change. And I, right. I, I, I hate, I hate, I hated to see it. I hated to see it. I hated to see it, man. So, right. yeah, man. Right. But back, like I said, man, I'm here. I started off this thing giving Donovan McNabb his flowers. I'm giving him his flowers. You know, he was one of the top quarterbacks in his time into the NFL. He did a hell of a job. He he inspired the culture. He broke through as a top dual threat quarterback and was very successful for the New England Patriots, made it to the Super Bowl, multiple NFC championships. So, like I said, uh, with all this been going on, me giving my stories about Andy Reid and explaining, you know, what they could have done better to win the Super Bowl and help, you know, be a better combination. That's just my story. And yes, I do think. Uh, Andy Reid and McNabb could have won a Super Bowl together. A little changes and a few, few little changes, a little more discipline. And everybody could look at hindsight and look at things and how things could could change and transpire and 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 go and go for the better. But you know right. that's why it's called hindsight. So you know Andy Reid is where he is because he needs. That's where God wanted him to be. He's doing right. great. 
He has a great team, a great system. Patrick Mahomes is a beast. Right. And how much longer do you think Andy Reid can possibly coach, brother? He's he's hey, he said he's not retiring. He said he's right. he's up for it and he's he's ready to coach again. How much longer can he? I think as go? long as I think as long as his body will allow him. Did you see him try to get up off the ground when he hugged Chris Jones? It was so funny, dude. They yeah. had to help. <laughs> they had to help him off the ground. Like, hey, come on, he had to roll over. So, if he, if Andy can get that health right, right. I think mm-hmm. he can coach another five or ten years, bro. Like he can do it, but I don't know, man. He didn't look like he had a tough time getting off that ground and just moving, though. And coaching ain't yeah. He's sixty-five years old. That's not that old. These coaches usually coach to like like 70, 70. 70 or something yeah. like that. But like you say, yeah. uh, you know, his uh, you know, it depends on how health is and things like that. But then again, man, um. Being a coach and being around the facilities and moving around, that, that helps that you help out and keeps yeah, your, your blood flowing and keep your weight off and, and things like that. So, so uh, you ever coach in a football game? Do anything else. You huh? ever coach in a football game? Like a whole game? Bro, it's hard to stand. Yeah, it's hard to stand on the sideline. You don't even realize it. Standing up for four hours when that back start getting tight, you got to be yeah. in some shape, buddy. It ain't that easy. Like... Yeah. <laughs> no, as a as a football player standing up, it used to hurt my back. Like it used to be have, having those cleats on on the sideline is very is bad wear and tear for your body. But I'm sure yeah. those coaches they have some type of shoes with some pads on it, but they don't make a difference. You know what I mean? So like you said, Andy possibly he probably I see him going another like you said until he can't go no more. I don't see him doing anything right. else. I don't see him really going to TV, doing the TV thing. Yeah. I think he. I think that's part of his life. That's what he likes to do for his family, with his family, with his wife, and you know, keep it going, keep it going. So, Andy Reid, is there any chance of Bill Belichick popping up anywhere? Yep, I think so. I think he's going to take this year off, obviously, and then he's going to play. He's going to coach next year. It's going to be a scenario where somebody's going to bring him in. But I think it's based off of him coming off his high horse. Right and demanding so much, he's gonna just say, you know what? I take the coaching role because when you've been doing something that long, bro, it's hard to go. You get so bored. He's gonna get back into it. He wasn't ready to retire, so I think he's definitely yeah. gonna get back into it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's weird. It's weird to see him not have a job. They were coming out and talking about um um. Hold on one second. Got some breaking news. Uh oh, what you got? Okay, shout out D Pat. D Pat, he back. D Pat in the. D Pat, where you been, brother? He, he was in the Twitter jail. He said he was he was in Twitter jail right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, brother. Welcome, Welcome home, back. man. Hey. Welcome home. Hey, you can't be going out there too feisty, D Pat, going off on people, man. <laughs> hey, I know. Hey, I know. Say what needs to be said inspires a lot of us and a lot of people. And that's what we hear. We want you to get what off your chest. Hey, but don't be out here be going crazy. Now we 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 talk with facts and sense. Now we can't just be going off. Now you right. know what I mean. Deep hey, we got. But yeah, we got y'all, somebody. y'all missed it, man. We had we talked about the Tom Brady and versus Patrick Mahomes. But Bill yeah. Belichick, you know, it's, it's really crazy to see. And they, they keep bringing his name up in situations and instances uh, that might occur. But I don't see. I think his his head coaching days are long gone. Mm. And no one really is willing to deal with what, what comes with Bill Belichick being the head coach of their organization. They said Atlanta Falcons offered him a job. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know how true that is. I, what I know, how things that I know, what I know now, that can be the back media that supports Bill Belichick to try to right. help his name, to make it not seem like nobody wants you to be a coach. They do want you. Right. You, t- you turned down a job. You understand what right. I'm saying? And now they're bringing up his name to possibly be the defensive coordinator at the San Francisco 49ers after the firing of Steve Wilkes. No, I do I don't not see think that that'll work. I don't see that no. working. I do not see that working. You don't see him stepping nah. down and being the defensive coordinator. Yeah. The coordinator, he, no. I he's one of those stubborn part. old people that he can't have anybody telling him what to do anymore. He right. made that, he surpassed that threshold and now it's over right. with. It's ain't no fair. one, he can have John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan telling him what to do and how to do. And, it, and right. I think it's too. I think too, it's always in the back of your mind. It got all. It always plays in the back of your mind how you handled and treat treated people before you. And now when things right. uh, come come to light and everything's in the open, and you have time to sit back and think about what you've done and how you've done things, you sit back and say, Ah, I might not want to do that. I might not want to do this because of this, that, and the other. And I think those things. Are, are hindering Bill Belichick himself also because, uh, you know, everybody just think it was so simple for him to get a job anywhere, any any team that was right. looking for a job. And that's yeah. crazy that, uh, you know, he didn't end up getting a job. He didn't get no job. So to close right, us right. out, man, close. go ahead. Sorry, before you go. Oh, no, no, what I was in, oh, we got one, we, our, our, our comments are popping today. We got train wreck wings. He, I guess he's an Eagles fan. He said he got married on 2-22-22 with the Eagle signs behind it. What's his name? Deuce Hill, baby. Train wreck. Deuce train Hill. Wreck wings. Deuce Hill, 2-22-22. You the real Deuce Deuce. Hey, man, much ups. Much love to your, your marriage, your family. Nothing but blessings and love to you. That's what it's about, man. If y'all don't understand, running them streets, boy. Running them streets ain't going to get you far for too long. You got to grow and build. Get you with you, get you somebody that's going to hold you down. Somebody going to build and grow and have your back through thick and thin. That's what life is about. All that pretty, nice body shape, all that good stuff. Man, that stuff temporary. Get you somebody that's genuine, that's gonna love you for you, boy. So salute two, two, two. What else we got there in the uh, in the comments? Man, D Pack going in. He said he get out on parole on Monday. He got parole Monday, I guess. He got got <laughs> parole. All right, man. We're gonna have a party for you, D Pack. So uh, to close right. us out with this whole Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes situation, like I said, man, if y'all ain't here, y'all don't understand. You know, I, 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 me, I'm, I'm, like I say, say what needs to be said. I'm here to protect greatness, and I hear as soon as Patrick Mahomes wins the game, here comes that debate: Is mm-hmm. Tom, is this the new dynasty? Does he dethrone Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? <clears throat> and once again, there are always going to be a new generation of people that loves the new player, the newcomer, uh, the the new kid on the block. We will never forget. It will never forget. As long as say what needs to be said, I'm going to be here. I'm going to stamp it. And like I said, if Patrick Mahomes wins eight Super Bowls, that's still not enough to dethrone Tom Brady. You can't just win eight, at least 10, because Tom Brady went in a pandemic. Must I say, uh, define the pandemic. How often does a pandemic happen in life? 
once every 50 years right yeah you know what i mean so don't understand don't 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 take that for granted went to a whole nother city with a new team new players knew everything figured it out and win and won so to be able to wield his team to victory he's the ultimate winner i'm gonna give patrick mahomes the athletic skills he got all that stuff like that he's the best athlete the quickest arm the strongest arm whatever but tom brady is the ultimate winner and um, right. it is what it is. I don't know what else to tell y'all. You know what I mean? I like it. So uh, you got anything to close out with that and say say about? No, I think um, I think Patrick Mahomes is great. Don't get it twisted. He he is the guy. It's just not his time. He got to put a little bit more work in. He can't just throw it out there because he's popular right now. And I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he has the capability of being the greatest one day. I don't want to add some out of that situation. It was after the AFC Championship game when they lost to. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is like handed over to him, like, hey, it's gonna be your turn next, but he's gonna go win the Super Bowl real quick, you know. <laughs> so Tom Brady knew, you know, he's gonna pass the torch. That's fine. But it's just premature to say that he's the GOAT. Tom Brady is Thomas. I mean, yeah, Thomas Edward Brady <laughs> is the Thomas GOAT. Thomas Edward Brady, boy, is the GOAT <laughs> of the GOAT, man. Hey, right. I'm thankful I was able to uh, uh see it close up, eye for eye, compete with it and and challenge it and see that I can compete with the best. So that was a great feeling for me. Like I say, ain't no accolades. That stuff don't really follow his name. He's not going to have the most Pro Bowls. He's not going to have the most All-Pros. Patrick Holmes will definitely win that by, by right. far. But it's not right. about that. Like I said, those are perceptions and, and and popularity things, contests and things like that. So, man, we all, y'all y'all leave that alone. Patrick Mahomes got a long ways to go. And, um, and we miss anything? No, I think we rolled, man. It's good, man. We got to be good, bro. Yeah. All right. Say what needs to be said. Till next time. We'll see y'all. Peace. We out, baby. We out. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.